Welcome back to Sister Alley Cat's team where we talk about all things church related. And guess what, guys? We are continuing our journey through the book of Amos. Yes, we have already completed the introduction and we have went through chapter one and chapter two, which consists of the uh, judgments of the surrounding nations, which included Judah and Israel. It told us, those chapters told us what the nations did that made God so angry with them and what God, uh, his judgment upon them, what he was going to do to rectify the situation. Yes, we went through chapter one and chapter two. Now we are going to start here at chapter three through three through six as a matter of, as a matter of fact and the reasons it talk, tells us the reasons for the judgment it's going to reiterate why god was so angry with all of the nations yes so here in chapter two there was a separation of Judah and Israel. However, in chapter 3, they are spoken of as one, the ori original children of God. In other words, the whole family. Now, there was a unique relationship between God and the Israelites. However, they did not honor this relationship. So God judged them. For their sins yes if we do not honor the relationship that we have between between god and ourselves what will happen god will judge us for our sins that's why it's very important for us to stay on as as i would like to say the good side god's good side we know that god is merciful and he is loving but he is also a god of consuming fire listen to me god will judge you or as we can say in my generation god will take out the switch and he will spank you. Yes, he will. And sometimes that spanking is so bad. In the case of these people, of some of these nations, that spanking was so bad that the whole nation was annihilated. We can think back in the days of Noah. You know how God was so upset with the sin, the sin came into his nostrils and it was so stink that he was upset with the sin upon the earth that he destroyed the whole earth he sent a flood waters and only noah and his family was saved he killed everybody he wiped out everything so that lets us know that god he is a loving god but he is also a God of consuming fire. And in Noah's days, he was a God of the flood waters. Yes, back in those days, the water came up from the ground. So the people in those days, they did not know anything about the water coming from the sky. In those days, the water came up from the ground. But honey, when God got upset and God sent the flood waters, water was coming from the sky 
sky. It was all over the place. So we do not want to fall into the hands of an angry God. And this is what happened here in the book of Amos. Israel and Judah and the surrounding nations, they fell into the hands of an angry God. And God used Amos to let the people know what they did, what sin that made him angry and what he was going to do to rectify the situation. Yes, he used Amos to do those things. Okay, now there are different degrees of punishment. What? What? There are different degrees of punishment. Yes, they are. The Israelites got a harsher punishment because they knew better. And we can look at Luke, the 12th chapter, verses 47 through 48, to let us know that God will punish us for our sins. And those punishments will be on a different level than, um, let's say, what someone else received. And I am trying to find my Bible so I can talk about or we can go and read Luke 12, 47 and 48. And I know it's talking about beaten with a many stripes or beaten with a few stripes. Let's see. I am just going to go from one room to another. And I am going to get that information because I want us to read it. I want us to go to Luke and I want us to read what the Bible is telling us about the different levels of punishment that we can get from God. Okay, so you may have heard a little bit of uh, noise in the background more than normal I should say as I walk throughout my space here but we're going to go to St. Luke the 12th chapter and we are going to go to verse 47 and it reads and that servant which knew his Lord's will he knew what God wanted and prepared not himself he didn't prepare himself neither did according to his will, shall be beaten with many stripes. This is the King James Version. Listen, this is St. Luke chapter 12. Jesus is speaking here. It's in red, if you will. And that servant which knew his Lord's will, he knew the Lord's will and prepared not himself. Neither did according to his will. He didn't do God's will. Shall be beaten. Listen. Not spanking. Beaten with many stripes. Yes, the King James may sound harsh. But when it comes to heaven and hell, I prefer to read beaten to let me know I need to get myself together. Or I will be beat. Verse 48. But he that knew not, he didn't know the will of God and did commit 
things worthy of stripes. He didn't know God's will, but he he did evil. He did wickedness. Yes, he did it. He shall be beaten with few stripes. For unto whomsoever much is given, of him shall be much required. And to whom men have committed much, of him they will ask the more. So in other words, if you know to do good and you don't do it, God going to get you. He going to beat you with a lot of stripes. You're going to get a lot of whippings, in other words. <laughs> he's going to, like I like to say, he's, he's going to come for you in a higher level of coming for you. Or in other words, your trial is going to be harsher. Your trial is going to be more in-depth than the person who does not know God or the novice in Christianity I just got saved last week or I just came to God last week so I don't know the things of God like I should but and yeah I am still committing sin but God is not going to bring a trial upon that individual uh, like an individual that's known God for 20 years a 20 year Christian and a one week Christian their trials or their beatings in this aspect are going to be different. So yes, there are different degrees of punishment. And the Israelites here in the book of Amos, they got a harsher punishment than the surrounding nations. Why? Because they knew better. They knew better. They knew better than to serve idol gods. They knew better than to suppress the poor. They knew better. They knew the will of God. They knew the word of God. They knew the Mosaic covenant. They knew the Mosaic law when it comes to the poor. When it comes to serving idol gods. They knew it. So their punishment was worse. Than the punishment of the surrounding nations. We've read or we've uh, talked about in previous episode, in the previous episode, how God sent fire. He he sent fire to the majority of them except for Moab. Moab was not fighting up against God's people. So he did not send fire to them. But listen, he sent fire to the rest of them. And guess what? Israel's punishment is going to be worse. It's going to be worse than fire. And we're going to find out. We've already talked about it. But we're going to dig a little bit deep. Or we're going to reiterate. We're going to go back over their punishment. Now Amos began with a series of questions. Now Amos was the is the prophet that prophesied unto the people of God. And to get his point across. Amos began with a series of questions. And he used what was familiar to him. Amos being a shepherd, a sheep herder, a farmer. He was a farmer. So he used the things that were familiar to him in order to get the point of God out or to get the point out of God's pending judgment. Yeah. So Amos used the things that was 
are familiar to him. Just like God, when God speaks to us, he used the things that are familiar to us to get his point across to us. A lot of times, you know, God may speak to us in, um, in dreams and visions, say for instance, dreams and visions, he will use things that we are accustomed to. Now, if I live in Africa, he may use things that are, are from Africa or things that I, that are seen in Africa to speak to me in my dreams and visions. But if I'm not from Africa and I'm not accustomed to the things of Africa, he is not going to speak to me in my dreams and visions with things of Africa because I don't, I won't understand it. So therefore here, Amos is using things that's familiar to him to get his point across about God's pending judgment to the people. Now being a countryman, and also, these are things that the people will understand. You know, they're not totally ignorant of these things. They understand the things of nature. And that is what Amos used. He used nature since he was a countryman. Now, starting out, Amos let the people know to walk together, to be on one accord. There must be an agreement to do so by both parties. So if you're walking with God and God is walking with you, you must agree. Both parties must agree to walk together, especially when there is an agreement with God. So let's be clear. Let me be clear. We as the individual or as the people, or as the creation of God, we must agree with God. God is not going to agree with us. We have to agree with God when we walk together with God. Now, Amos asked several questions which illustrated cause and effect. There's, always, there's a cause. If there's a cause, there's an effect to that cause. Now, first he asked, and I'm not going to go through all of the questions that he asked because he asked several questions. But I'm going to go through this first one. First, he asked, will a lion roar in the forest when he has no prey? Hmm, what do you think about that? Will a lion just be roaring just to roar? Will he roar in a forest when he has no prey? If we study the ways of a lion, we can find out that a lion is silent while he is stalking his prey. He does not roar or he does not make noise because he's stalking his prey. He is trying to catch his prey so he does not want his prey to hear him. So after the prey is captured, that is when the lion lets out a roar. That's when he can be heard. So Amos is asking this question. Will a lion roar in the forest when he has no prey? Of course he will not. The answer is no, basically, to all the questions that Amos asked the people. 
And now the people were not listening to the prophet as he, you know, began to prophesy and as he began to talk and as he began to proclaim the word of God, much like today in the world today, people are not listening to God. He's, they're not listening to the things of God. We as a people, we as a people upon this earth, we are not listening to the prophets we are not listening to what god has to say for an example when there is a calamity <coughs> excuse me a lesson should be learned from it <coughs> the whole world should be listening for example covid 19 we should be looking at more than just what we see at face value or what is scientifically said what does God have to say about COVID-19 yeah scientifically we can say okay well it, this is this and that is that and this is how it come about but what God has to say because God he is the maker and creator of all things he is the one that can give a disease and he is the one that can take a disease away but COVID-19 is still here with us in 2022 and as a matter of fact this is July of 2022 and COVID is back on the uprise there's another variant I think it's BA5 if I'm not mistaken that is on the rise what about monkeypox monkeypox is on the rise what does God have to say about these things? Or what, I should I say, what does the Bible have to say? You know, because a lot of times people want to say, oh, um, you got to go to the Bible. The Bible. You got to, you know, go to the Bible and see what the Bible has to say. Well, what does God have to say? What does the Bible have to say about these things in the last and evil days? What did, what did the Bible say? What does Matthew 24 say? What did it say? We already did a, uh, a study on it. It said wars and rumors of wars. It said famines. It said pestilence, diseases. Yes, that's what Matthew 24 said about the last days. So we see COVID. COVID went upon the whole entire earth. What does God have to say about it? We know what the scientists said about it. We know what we saw with our face, with our eyes. We know what we heard with our ears. Many died. Many suffered. What does God have to say about it? Yes, we understand that the true people of God have nothing to worry about. We understand that. But what about the others? What about the wicked family members and friends that we have what about them are we supposed to save ourselves only well God got me you know I am saved sanctified Holy Ghost filled and five baptized I'm running for my life I'm living for God wholeheartedly I got this God got me God got me God said he was gonna fight for me God told me to fear not, be not afraid. God got me. Well, what about your family members? 
that's doing everything that they're big enough to do. What about your friends? Are we only supposed to save ourselves? Is that what we are here for? Is that what Jesus did when he came to earth? Did Jesus, you know, just came to save himself or, you know, live to save himself when he was in the, the garden of Gethsemane? Gethsemane can't get it out. But he was in the garden praying before he went into judgment before Pontius Pilate. Jesus was praying, Lord, if it if it's possible, take this cup away from me. I don't want to go through this. But what did he say? He said, but nevertheless, I am going to do this. Why? Because that was the reason he came here. He came upon this earth to die for our sins. So what did Jesus do? Jesus died. He went to the cross. So what are we supposed to do? Just only save ourselves? What about our family members and our friends who don't know Jesus or who are not walking according to the laws, the rules, the statutes, the codifications, the commandments of God? What about them? When we look at COVID-19, do we just say, oh, you know, God got me and you on your own? How, how there's a saying that we say, um, every man for himself and Jesus for us all. Uh, is that what we're saying? Every man is for himself and Jesus is for us all. Do we not care about what the spirit, capital S, the spirit of God is saying to the church anymore? Are we not concerned about what the Spirit is saying to the church anymore? We see that in the book of Revelations. All over chapter 2. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Are we not concerned about that anymore? Are we all about ourselves? God got me because I'm saved, sanctified. Holy Ghost feeling fire baptized. Well, but what about that man that you lay in the bed with every night that's not saved? Or what about that woman that you lay in the bed with called your wife that you lay in the bed with every night that is not saved? Are you not concerned about her? Are you not concerned about him? What is the Spirit saying to the church? What is God saying? About what's going on in the world today. Hear what the Spirit is saying into the church. The world expects prosperity. Or a return to normalcy. I think that basically has gone out the window by now. Here in July of 2022. You know, everybody wanted COVID to be over. And then the world go back to what it used to be. That's not going to happen. Listen, because God will not allow any nation, any nation upon this earth to dwell in peace and prosperity when they are living in sin. God didn't do it in the day of Amos. And he definitely is not going to do it today in 2022. Why? Because God is not a respecter of persons. That's scripture. Look it up. God is not going to do what he did for Israel back in the day of Amos and all the surrounding nations because of their sin and not do it to the world today. He's not going to do what he did in the days of Noah 
uh, sent the flood and destroyed everybody because sin was at its highest peak and not do it to us today. Why? Because the, the scripture tells us just as the days on Noah will be in the last days, the same thing will be going on just like it was going on in the days of Noah. Can you not see it? Can you not uh, feel it in the spirit? Can you not interpret what the spirit is saying unto the church? Listen, I said in a previous episode, judgment is upon us. Judgment is upon the nations, which includes the people of God in July of 2022. Listen, I do not consider myself a prophet. I am just going by what the Lord has placed in my spirit. Judgment is upon the nations. When he gave me the book of Amos and I began to uh, read over the book of Amos, I was like, oh my God. These things are happening in the world today in 2022. Therefore, God is judging. God is judging the nations. When you see different things go on within the nations, wars and rumors of wars. Yeah, there's a war going on. We're living in the last days. God is judging natural disasters. Yeah. God is judging fire. Yeah. God is judging uh, uh, big time preachers and teachers and things of that nature uh, are being exposed for what they are doing undercover. God is judging. Listen, like I said before, we do not want to fall into the hands of an angry God. We do not want to be on that side of the totem pole. We have to repent. We have to renounce. We have to ask God for forgiveness. And we have to do what is right to be living in peace and prosperity. Yes. That's what we have to do. That's our part. Granted, there may be a period of peace and prosperity. But there will also come judgment. Yeah, there, there, we already talked about how it took 30 years for God's judgment upon Israel to come to pass. Yeah, peace and prosperity may be. But there is coming a judgment. And if you ask me, I believe that we're living at a time of judgment right now today. God is judging his people. And not only his people, God is judging the nations with an S. Not only America, not only uh, Europe. God is judging everybody. God is judging this earth. I believe it wholeheartedly that judgment is upon the earth. Now, I tell you, yes, just as in the days of Amos, prophecy is just as it is today. Now, remember, God's judgment is not accidental. It's not an accidental statement. God's word is sure throughout eternity. It was relevant then and it is relevant now. 
2022. We must listen to the word of the prophets, the true prophets of God. We must listen. We must take heed to what the prophets are telling us. God reveals his secrets to his prophets. And what do they do? They release the word of God. God lets us know when judgment is coming. He does not, nothing comes upon us unaware. God lets us know. He reveals his secrets to his prophets. But we as a people, we do not want to hear judgment. We want to hear blessings. You know, blessed with the house, blessed with the car, blessed with a job, blessed with a husband, or blessed with a wife, blessed with kids, blessings, blessings, blessed with money, finances, blessings, blessings, blessings. That's what we want to hear. But when judgment is upon us, we don't want to hear that. We call that person, which is most likely a prophet, we call them a killjoy. We call them a pessimist. We call them a spoil sport, a party pooper. Or even in the church where we call him a Jeremiah. Why do, why do we call him a Jeremiah? Because Jeremiah always prophesied doom and gloom. He was known as the weeping prophet. Everything that came out of Jeremiah's mouth was doom and gloom. So we may call this person a Jeremiah. Oh, you're just a Jeremiah. Everything comes out of your mouth is doom and gloom. But listen, we have to listen to the prophets of God. We are not always going to live in a time of blessings. Listen, the Bible tells us there's a time and there's a season for all things. There's a time for blessings and there's a time for judgment. And let me tell you, judgment is upon us. God wanted the surrounding people of Israel, Ashdod and Egypt, to gather. We're, we're talking about the scriptures. To gather on the mountaintop. To look at the sin of his people. Yeah. God wanted to make them an open show. He wanted all the surrounding nations, the surrounding people, to go to the top of the mountain because of Samaria, the, they built the palaces and things, the city uh, um, in the midst of surrounding mountains. So God wanted the people, the surrounding nations, if you will, you can uh, say, let's use for example, America. Yeah. The last few years or several years in America has been something, has been something. And guess what? The surrounding nations were looking at this great, prideful, bold, strong nation of America go into chaos. And humility and shame. Yes. And this same thing is going on in the days of Amos. God told Amos to, to proclaim or to announce to the surrounding people. The people of Ashdod and Egypt. Together. Go up to the mountaintop. You know. Get on TV. Look at what's going on in America. They just making fools of themselves. Yes. Go up. Gather to the top. Look at the sin of his people. Look how they carrying on. 
Look at what they're doing. They're sinning against God. God told Amos to announce it to all the surrounding nations. To go on top of the mountain and look at his people. How sinful they are. He was going to destroy the Israelites as a lion eats up a sheep with nothing left but a few pieces. Yeah, that's what God, that's, that's what God was saying to the people. He's going to destroy them and just like a lion, lion eating up the sheep and nothing's left but a few legs and an ear. A few pieces, a remnant. God always has a remnant of people. Or his people, shall I say. There's always a remnant. When he goes in and he chastises his people, destroys his people, he always leave a remnant. There's a faithful few, as they say in the church world. There's a faithful few. There are some that are not living wickedly. There are some that are not living in idolatry. There are some that are not oppressing the poor. There are some... That are not doing these things. So God is going to leave a remnant. <coughs> Excuse me. God is going to judge the people. And destroy the altars of Bethel. Because they had built altars and shrines. Until their idol gods. And they were in Bethel. <coughs> God was going to destroy the people. And the altars. That was risen to worship a calf idol. Yes, they worshiped a calf. And God was upset about it. And and like, and, and you know, not using a harsh word, but God was upset about it. Why? Because he is a jealous God. And they are his chosen people. He chose them to have a special relationship with him. And they basically... Turn their head to God and say, well, we're going to go over here and serve this calf. That's going to be our God. Yeah. So God is going to destroy the people and he's going to destroy the idol. That's the God that we serve here today. Now, Amos speaks of the destruction of the ivory houses. And you may say, ivory houses? What, what, what is he talking about? Well... The people in Israel, they had all kind of houses. They had winter houses. They had summer houses. They had uh, actually the palace, the palace of Ahab and Jezebel was built on top of a mountain in Samaria. And guess what? <clears throat> it was considered a, pat, a, pat, a place of luxury. And guess what? The theme to this palace was ivory. Yeah, archaeologists have found ivory bottles that were perfume bottles that were used for perfume. Yeah, it was a place of luxury. This great palace, this ivory house, this the theme of it. You know, we say, okay, my theme of my kitchen is apples or sunflowers or what have you. Well, the theme of this great palace was ivory. And where do you think you get ivory from? From animals, elephants, you know, they're tusks. So if, if they, 
if a perfume bottle was made out of ivory, do you know how much that was valued back in those days? Yeah. Amos speaks of the destruction of the ivory houses in addition to the winter houses and the and the summer houses. I mean, these people had winter houses and summer houses and ivory houses and this kind of house and that. I got a house over here. I got a house over there. Is that not familiar today? I got a winter house. You know, I got a winter house in uh, wherever, Japan, you know. Not saying that there is something wrong with that. Let me be clear. Because we have to be clear. We have to be politically correct. There is nothing wrong with that. As long as you have your values in the right place. As long as they're not idols to you. As long as you're doing what you're supposed to do for God. God will bless you with a winter house. God will bless you with a summer house. Yes, he will. As long as you're still walking According to his will, you walk it in agreement with God. You can have all these things and not be judged by God when you're walking in agreement with him. Remember, we talked about that agreement where both sides have to agree. Two can't walk together except they agree. That is what the scripture tells us here in the book of Amos. And if, if we don't agree, we can't walk together. So if you're in agreement with God, God will bless you. Why? Because God owns everything. The scripture tells us he owns all the cattle upon the hill. All the cattle upon the hill. God owns everything. He will bless you with a summer house, with a winter house. He will bless you just that much when you walk in agreement with him. However, the people of Israel, the Israelites, they were not walking in agreement with God. We've already talked about that. Two cannot walk together except they agree. So they were not walking with God. They were serving idol gods. And they, they were living in these luxury homes, places of luxury. And God was going to destroy them. So all the great houses will come to an end said the Lord yes he's ending that now we're going to go down to Amos 4 Amos is really trying to call the people back to God he used sarcasm in a great way you have to read Amos 4 but this is a synopsis this is just a summary of the chapters but go back and read the book of Amos and listen to what Amos had to say when he talked to the people of Israel. He used sarcasm to get his point across. Amos called them a bunch of well-fed cows. Yes, he did. He was mocking the wealthy women of Samaria. They were well-dressed, well-fed by the oppression of the poor. So they oppressed the poor so they could walk around in these nice clothes and, 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 and eat these fine foods. Amos called them a bunch of well-fed cows. Amos did. Listen. Listen, Amos did not pull any stops. He went in there and he told them, thus said the Lord. That's why Amos is in the book. Amos is in the Bible. He is a minor prophet. All we know about Amos is how he went in and prophesied to these nations and prophesied to Israel. Amos pulled no stops. 
he called them a bunch of well-fed cows. <laughs> and we can attest that it is the middle class. Why? Because they were well-dressed and well-fed by the oppression of the poor. Now we can attest that it is the middle class, even in today, 2022, who are always paying the bills for the nation. Always the ones caring for the nation. The middle class in the days of Amos carried the load. Yes, they did. Just like the middle class carried the load today. Amen, somebody. Somebody ought to say amen to that. Carrying the load. And they walk around and well-dressed, well-fed because the poor were oppressed. They were able to do that because they oppressed the poor. And Amos called them well-fed cows. Yes, he did. Now, in verses four and five, you can see the biting sarcasm used by Amos. He said, come to Bethel and come to Gilgab, which are the churches, are the temples and sin. So Amos was using sarcasm. He said, come to church just so you can sin. Yes, Come on up here, come to church, come to Bethel, come to the temple and do your sin. This is sarcasm, biting sarcasm is that, at that. He said, offer your sacrifices, bring your tithes, bring that money, that offering, offer your bread to show thanks unto God. Then what you do, then go back and brag about it. Go back home and say, you know, I paid such and such amount of money on my tithes today. Or I gave so much bread as a Thanksgiving offering. This is what Amos told the people. He said, come to church so you can sin. Offer your sacrifices. Bring your tithes. Offer bread to show thanks and then go back and brag about it. Yes, this is what you love to do, you Israelites. <laughs> said God. <laughs> yes, Amos. <coughs> Excuse me. Amos did not cut any corners. Amos went in. He went for the jugular. He went to the throat. Come to church so you can sin. Because that is what you love to do. You Israelites. God said that. Said God. He said, God speaks of the famine he sent. Yeah, God sent a famine to them. God speaks of the famine he sent, the drought he sent, the blight he sent, the disease and mildew to the crop, the locusts he sent, and the pestilence, the sickness that he sent. God sent all these things to his people. All these things came through. But the people sti still did not hearken to the word of God. They still did not hearken to God. <coughs> Excuse me. They still did not return to God. Therefore, there is judgment. Yes. Does this not sound familiar to you today? There's a famine in the land. No baby milk. The go to the grocery stores, the, the, the 
food bins and the shelves almost barren at times. Sickness pestilent. We already talked about COVID and, and, and monkeypox and Ebola and everything else that's coming through. Yeah, how there's a drought, a blight, disease to the crops. A lot of times farmers, they can't get the fresh food because it's so hot and so dry. It, the, the land is not producing like it did in days of old. Because it's so hot, the climate has changed. Come on, somebody. Somebody need to recognize what the Spirit is speaking unto the church. Somebody ought to recognize what God is saying to his people. Do we think this climate change is, is just coming dry? Don't say, oh, oh, we're upon the earth, you, you know, pollution, this and that. Do you not think that God can handle pollution? The maker and the creator, the God who made the earth, the God that holds the earth in the palm of his hand. Do you not think that God can deal with pollution? Do you think do you not think that God can deal with the ozone layer? He is the one who made the ozone, ozone layer. Come on somebody. Somebody need to go with me here. Listen. We need to think about these things more than the, at the the tip of our nose. We got we need to see farther than the tip of our nose. Especially if we call ourselves a believer, we have to see in the spiritual realm. Listen, we've talked about it and we talk about it all the time. There's a natural realm and there's a spiritual realm. We can see with our natural eye, but we can also see with our spiritual eye. That's why in the book of Revelations chapter 2, that's all you see is... is um, uh, to, to observe what the Spirit is speaking to the church. Hear what the Spirit is speaking to the church. We hear in the natural. We hear in the Spirit. God sent all these things upon the people in those in the days of Amos. He sent famine. We're, <clears throat> they're talking about famine in the news right now in 2022. Drought. It's been drought for many years. Amongst the farmers, blight and disease on the crop. That's many years. I haven't read about locusts coming in, but I did see a um, a um, news article. Actually, it was a video about uh, it was some kind of grasshopper that they had to use uh, big equipment. The, you know, the grasshoppers were all over the place, all over the road, the highways. They had to use large equipment to scrape the bugs off of the highway so the people can drive on the road. There was uh, an infestation of grasshoppers, which are locusts. Locusts are grasshoppers. Look it up. Yeah, Google it. Google, ask Google about that infestation of grasshoppers. Read about it. And pestilence, sickness. Well, yeah, sickness, COVID. I mean, COVID was all over the whole earth. So I'm going to be done with sickness. But the people, listen, the people still did not hearken and return to God. Just say, hmm, 
Huh. All these things are going on, but... Hmm. Are we crying out for God? Are we following after or running after fame and fortune? Influence. Notoriety. Power. Or are we looking at what God is doing? How God is uh, uh, doing these things to get our attention. He did those things to get the people of God, uh, his people's attention in the days of Amos. Why can't he be doing the same thing to get our attention now today? Huh. That's something to think about. Hmm. Well, of course he is. Come on. Come on, somebody. The people did not believe that God would send them into captivity. But guess what? He did. And who took them into captivity? Those wicked Assyrians. They did it. They were horrible people. They did the work of God for many nations. They, the Assyrians took many people into exile. And guess what? They did for God's people as well. Amos chapter 5. Let's, let's get into it. God pleads with Israel to turn back to him in order for his judgment to be averted. He basically just wanted them to seek him and live. God says, seek me and live. Call upon my name and I will answer you. You can find that. <coughs> Excuse me. The devil is a liar. I'm going to get this word out. You can find that in the book of Jeremiah. Call upon me and I will answer you and I will show you great and mighty things. Seek me and live. That's all God wanted the people to do. He wanted them to turn from their wicked ways just as he wants us to do today. He wants us to turn from our wicked ways. He wants us to seek him that we may live in the midst of his judgment of the nations. Yes, that's what God wants. Seek me and live. Amos chapter 5. <clears throat> God is pleading. God is pleading with his people to turn back to him in order for his judgment to be averted. He's just saying, seek me and you will live. Seek me and you don't have to die. You don't have to go through this. Just come back to me. Seek me. He said, don't, if you don't seek me, don't run to the temples of Bethel and Gilgal or Beersheba. Don't run to the temples of your idol gods. Why? Because they're going to be destroyed as well. So if you're not going to see me, don't go to the temple. Don't go to church. If you're not going to seek me, if you're not going to turn from your wicked ways, if you want to continue in your sin, he said, don't go to the church building. Why? Because that's going to be destroyed too. Don't go to the temple. It's going to be destroyed too. Yes. 
don't find ourselves falling into the hands of an angry God. Why? Because he going he gonna to destroy us and everything else as well. So we don't want to find ourselves in the hands of an angry God. Seek the God who made the constellations. This is in the book of Amos. Who made Cleides and Orion. Yeah. There are those that pray or, or use Cleides and Orion uh, for <clears throat> wickedness. But here in the book of Amos, yeah, you need to seek the God that made the constellations. God that made Cleides and Orion. Seek that God. Don't seek the constellations because the constellations can't do anything for you. But however, today, people prefer Orion. And back in those days, they preferred the constellations. They preferred Orion. And, I, and today we can look at new They prefer new age over God. Many people are turning away from God and getting into new age. They prefer these things over the God that made the constellations. Who does that? Who does that? Well, let me tell you many. There are many people that do that. They are deceived by the enemy. Yes. They are deceived by the enemy. Why? Because the Bible tells us we wrestle not against flesh and blood. We wrestle against principalities, powers, rulers of darkness in high places, and rulers of darkness of this world, and spiritual wickedness in high places. That's who we wrestle against. And the first thing that the enemy does is he comes with deception. He deceives the people of God. Listen, we're all people of God. If we're good or if we're bad, we're all people of God. Why? Because God made us. Those that are wicked and evil, they're just deceived by the enemy. And then there are those who want to be deceived. Now, let me make that clear. There are those that love to have it so. And there's a scripture that talks about, you know, uh, you love cursing, let it be upon you. <coughs> you don't want to be blessed, let it be far from you. Look that up. That's the scripture. So then let me make myself clear. We're all God's people because God made us all. So we have to have compassion on all God's cause. God said he does not want to see any man. He don't, he don't want any man or desire any man to perish, but that we all, you know, that we all come to the knowledge of him or we all have eternal life, the gift of eternal life. But then there are some that just wholeheartedly reject God. They're rebellious against God. So they love to have it. So, and there is a scripture that said, if you love to have it, so then let it be unto you. If you don't want to be blessed, then let blessings be far from you. Look up that scripture. Now, the people of Israel were very pious. Yeah. They built fancy houses, but would not live in them. They planted beautiful vineyards, but they would not drink the wine from them. God says... I have known your many crimes. You are 
your terrible sin. Your sins are terrible. You hurt people who do right. You take money to do wrong. You take bribes so you can do wrong. You keep the poor from getting justice in court. Does that sound familiar to anybody? Does it sound familiar to you? People that do right or trying to live for God or trying to do the right thing in life. They're always hurt by other people. They're always done wrong. They're always trampled over. Yeah, they always get the bad end of the stick. They always get the short stick. Yes. Then there's those who always take bribes. They, they just out to do wrong. They just want to do something wrong. Because they want to live in that lifestyle. They want, they want more for themselves. They want to live high on the hog. They want to have power. They want to have authority. They want to have influence. So they do, do the things that are required to gain that influence, to gain that power. So they assume. Because let me tell you, <coughs> all things come from God. Just as fast as you gain a little bit of power, God can snatch it from you. And, 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 and bring shame and uh, disgrace to you. You can be powerful one day and then shame and disgrace the next day. Don't forget about it. God is the one who sits on the throne. You keep the poor from getting justice in court. These are the things that his people were doing. And God is pleading with these people. God is pleading with us today. To do good and not evil. So that we may live. Judgment is upon us. People of God. Judgment is upon us. The people wanted the day of the Lord to come. They wanted that day to come. I mean, you know, they were so high and mighty and arrogant and haughty and prideful and vanity and just ego and living in rebellion they 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 felt like god's judgment could not come upon them they were ready for the the they wanted the day of the lord to come not realizing they were going to be judged they didn't feel like they were going to be judged this day will be a day of darkness, not of light. It would be like running from a lion and meeting a bear or going into the house, putting your hand on the wall and a snake come and bite you. Now, that's why God is saying, seek me and live. <coughs> Judgment is upon us. God hates and rejects religious festivals. These are the things that Amos was talking to the people of Israel about. These are the things that God or the things that made him so angry at his people. And another thing, that's why the scripture says for three transgressions and for four. 
for your many sins and the ones that are listed here. God hates and rejects religious festivals. He takes no delight in in religious meetings. He will reject and ignore their offerings. He will not listen to their music. God only wants justice to flow like a river and goodness to flow like a never-ending stream. These are the things that God wants. So coming in with your religious festivals is not what God, I mean, you know, God hates it. That's what the scripture tells us. God hates religious festivals. You know, we're coming in and we're going to, you know, sing praises and, you know, have some other groups come in and sing. And, you know, we're just going to have a service just to have a service or just to uh, minister the word that has been ministered year after year after year after year. God calls them religious festivals. He takes no delight in that. Religious meetings. He said that he was going to reject and ignore their offerings. Oh my God. Reject and, and ignore. He wasn't even going to listen to the music. He was going to turn his back. Because that's not what he wants. He wants justice and he wants goodness. The Bible tells us in Matthew 6 and 10 to let his kingdom come. Let God's kingdom come. Let his will be done on earth just as it is in heaven. God hates religious meetings. Amos chapter 6 and we're going to be done. Let's run through Amos chapter 6 really quickly. Now Amos comes with a woe here in chapter 6. Israel will be destroyed. And we know what a woe is. Woe to them that sit at ease in Zion, which is in Jerusalem, because you feel safe in Samaria. You feel safe here. But Amos is telling them, woe to you. Because Israel is going to be destroyed. Excuse me. You think you are the important people of the best nation of the world. Does that not sound familiar? Americans. I am am an American. Yes, I am. But listen. Americans are so spoiled and rotten and so proudful and arrogant egotistical and I'm not bashing my nation I'm just telling you what it is what I'm like Amos it is what it is <clears throat> and the Bible here is talking to God's people saying you think you are important people of the best nation in the world boy that sounds so familiar Americans we think that we are so important we are the people from the best nation in the world and when you think of it america has been yes america has been (laughs) 
But I believe America is losing her grip. Yes, I do believe that. I believe other nations are rising. They are rising. So America, watch yourself. Where you think you are the important people of the best nation in the world. Look, go. This is what God is telling the people of the Israelites. Say, go, look at Kelna. Look at Hamath. Look at Gath. You are no better than these kingdoms. You are engaged in the same sin as they are. Oh my God from Zion. Boy, God is sending a word forth to his people that is so relatable to us today. And Amos is not cutting any corners. You think you are the important people of the best nations of the world. But go and look at this nation and look at that nation. He said you are no better than these kingdoms. Why? Because you are engaged in the same sin that they are engaged in. So how can you walk around haughty and prideful? And you and arrogant and you engaged in the same sin as they are. God said you are no better than them. My God from Zion. I'm getting excited about it. The word of God is right all by itself. And Amos cut no corners. <clears throat> and let me tell you. This word is so familiar. It is for the people of God today. It is for the nations. We are in judgment, my people. Amos speaks of the sins that destroyed the nations. What kind of sins destroyed the nations with an S? The people indulged in all manner of sensual pleasures. Mm, and delights. These are sins of the flesh. They indulged in sins of the flesh. They placed their happiness in the gratification of their carnal appetites. What? What are you saying? They placed their happiness on, on, on what they can, things that they can their sensual pleasures, in other words, be it sins of the flesh, or be it, uh, well, it is a sin of the flesh, it could be anything that's sensual. They indulge themselves in that, and they place their happiness in that instead of their happiness in God, instead of giving God the glory for uh, the, the, the strawberry cheesecake that you have on your plate. That delight, that sensual delight, that pleasure. You're gratified in that instead of saying, thank you, God. I have something to eat. I have food on my table. No, sensual pleasures of the flesh. Uh, um, anything that comes with the, that deals with the flesh. They place their happiness in that. They were just doing all kind of nastiness, in other words. 
<laughs> Just don't want to go too deep, but that's what I'm talking about. Number two, music. They invented instruments of music, just like King David did, to entertain themselves with what was formerly entertainment only for kings. Back in those days, only the kings had music. And they would, uh, when they would entertain in the palaces, they would have the musicians come and play. But listen here. These people, they so, you know, hey, we're going to make our own instruments and we're going to make our own music. And But the thing about it is there's nothing wrong with music. Let's, let's make that clear. There is nothing wrong with music. But the music was no longer made to praise and glorify God. That's the wrongness in it. It was no longer for God. It was no longer uh, uh, being, no longer singing praises or playing music as praises unto God. But it was for pleasure. Is that not familiar today? All, you turn on the radio and all type of music, all types of words being said, all types of ideologies, all types of mindsets are in the music and the music itself. There is a, um, I, I, I just said, there is a demonic nature behind the music. Listen, the same thing was going on in the days of Amos. God, judgment is upon us people. If judgment was upon the people in the days of Amos, judgment is upon us today. Yes, the music was no longer made to praise and glorify God, but for pleasure. And listen, Dr. J. Vernon McGee, he made a statement that I had to put in here. A quote by Dr. J. Vernon McGee. He said, the characteristics of music can destroy a nation. Are you listening? The characteristics that is placed in music. Or that music exudes can actually destroy a nation. Why you say that? Well, because the book of Amos is telling us how these are the sins that destroyed these nations. And music is one of them. Yep. Music is one of the sins that destroyed the nations back in the day of Amos. Music is one of the sins that made God so angry that he, he went to the point of destroying a nation. Music. The characteristics of music can destroy a nation. Number three, and we're going to end it. They drank to excess. They were alcoholics. Just drinking, drinking, drinking. The Bible said they would drink by the bowls full. They would put their alcohol in a bowl and drink it. That's just how bad it was. Not a glass. Not a bottle, but a, a bowl. 
they will put their drinks in a bowl. That's how bad they were. They were alcoholics. And guess what? Then they will anoint themselves and with perfume lotions as they continued in their sin. You can imagine what happened next. Just imagine. We're not even going to talk about it. Yeah, they got they got drunk. They perfumed, they put lotion, perfumed themselves with lotions and, and they just kept on sinning. Yeah, now you wonder why God is mad with his people. Can you not see this happening in the world today? Can you not see this happening right down the street? Huh? To the next city over. To the next state. Can you not see this? And if God judged his people in the days of Amos, what makes us think that he is not going to judge us? Yeah, God said you will be some of the first to be taken into slavery. Yeah, because of their sins, because of these particular sins, these sins that destroy nations, God said you will be the first to be taken into slavery. <laughs> I put yikes in my notes. Yikes. Because of these sins, God was so angry. They would be some of the first ones to be taken into slavery. Yeah, by the Assyrians. So when judgment comes, certain sinners, yeah, will be taken first. Can you imagine? Lord, have mercy on our souls. When judgment comes, there are certain sins committed by individuals that will make them be judged first. When judgment comes, certain sinners will be taken first. Well, you know, the Bible tells us that... Uh, uh, hell is divided in the sections. You know, you got this section over here and you got that section. All the people that did all the liars going to be over here. Huh. All the adulterers going to be over here. I'm using my words now. All the witches going to be over there. Huh. Yeah, there's certain sections. So the Bible tells us here in the book of Amos that, you know, when judgment comes, there are certain sins that destroy nations, destroy our whole nation. And he said those sins, because of those sins, you are going to be the first one taken as slaves. When judgment comes, certain sinners will be the first to be taken. My God, I'm saying, Lord, have mercy on our souls. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we come before you this day and we come before you repent of our sins. Lord God, we lay out our sins before you on today. You said he that hideth his sins shall not prosper, but he that uh, uh, turn away from his sin 
and, and, and ask for forgiveness of his sin, that person will have mercy. Lord, Father God, we come before you. We lay our sins out before you on today, here in July of 2022. We lay our sins out before you. Lord, we come repenting of our sins, every deed done within our body, every evil imagination that entered into our mind, every word that proceeded out of our mouth that was unpleasing to you, anything that we've done in our soul, body, and our spirit, Lord, we come before you, repent of our sins, praying that you purge us with your hyssop and we shall be clean wash us and we shall be whiter than snow lord god give us a pure heart and a contrite spirit that we may stand before you in righteousness we want to be your righteousness and lord help us to forgive help us to forgive those who have sinned against us help us to let it go lord god help us to renounce anything that's on the inside of us that will bring a petition between you and us we do not want that petition there lord help us because we know that judgment comes to those who sin and lord father god we have an inkling or we have an imagination or we have a, a fault that judgment is upon this earth here in 2022 as well as the blessings as well as prosperity and wealth we know all of that is here but we also understand that judgment is here too and we do not want to fall into the hands of an angry god we want to be on your good side we want to be in good standing with you we want to seek you that we may live and we are want to turn away from our sinful ways so therefore lord we pray lord god that you deal with our spirits that you show us show us what is hindering us show us what is keeping us show us ourselves show us how you see us that we can get rid of the sin that is not pleasing to you the sin that's stinks in your nostrils in the name of the jesus christ the son of the mighty living god and we seal this prayer with nothing but the blood of jesus christ amen and amen and we will go and start with amos the seventh chapter in the next episode, thank you for listening to Sister Allie Cat's Tea, and I will talk to you soon. Love you guys. Goodbye. <laughs>